Bridget, guess what? What? It's season three, baby! Ooh. It is time for a summer quickie. Mm, mm, you know I mm. love me a quickie, Shawnee. Oh, yes, you do. I love me a quickie. I love a quickie in real life. I love a quickie in a book. We're about to get it on. About to get it on with you guys. We're about to get our summer quickies on. <laughs> if you guys listened to last season, then you know that Shawnee actually came up with the name Summer Quickies in real time while we were recording the podcast, and it perfectly fit our mindset. It's time for some lightness. It's time for some fun. It's time for some sexy times. It is just time. Mm -hmm. Especially like with this corona going on, everybody's kind of stressed. And I love the Black Dagger Brotherhood. And we did that last season, but it was a bit heavier and the books were a bit longer. Right now, I want less commitment, okay? I want less commitment in my life. I want just some good old fashioned, just quick, bam, bam, thank you, ma'am. You know what I'm saying? Some goodness. Yes, some goodness. We have so many good books coming up uh we had great recommendations from people on instagram we both are not as contemporary minded perhaps as some other folks so this was a really fun season for us because we actually discovered a bunch of authors that are new to us not probably new to contemporary fans and we are just thrilled we are having so much fun the books you know are giving me all of the rom-com feels i my cheeks are red i'm I'm just squirming in my seat. It's so cute. Uh, and we picked a couple, a couple real sexy menages, Ooh. and we're just excited. Yes. I feel like I feel like contemporary. I didn't think about this, but contemporary really is affording us a lot of diversity in the book pairings, like Black yes. Dagger Brotherhood. Again, fans of the <laughs> series, but Black Dagger Brotherhood, it is a bunch of white vampires and a bunch of white ladies and uh, a bunch of male female pairings and so it was fun in this to like have every book be in contemporary but also just really different situations really different characters really different you know sexy times between the different characters yes Bridget so like the number one thing so my favorite genre is historicals right and as you know, I'm a I'm yeah. a brown chibi. <laughs> and it never yes, time travel never <laughs> works for brown people. It just, there's very few historical no. like romances that have brown people. It's either like some the the guy goes from Britain to the Caribbean and he finds himself a nice Caribbean girl. Or one I read about a dad who went to the Caribbean, found himself a nice Caribbean girl, had a baby, brought her back to <laughs> England, and you know she was biracial, and that and that was how they put her in the historical times and whatever. But she was like ostracized, gotcha. and I was like, I don't want that in my historical reading. Sure, <laughs> like you can put brown people yeah. in historical to me, and we just ignore like all race settings just just yeah. put them in there let's ignore everything like denzel just and keanu just that beautiful mocha skin exactly yeah like the, the, like yeah. denzel and keanu yeah. in what's what was it a much ado about nothing i don't care <laughs> just give me my romance <laughs> i yeah i mean i want escapism like you said corona is happening right now and i just want to escape i don't want real problems i'm a little concerned because contemporary also, you know, again, can cover a wide range of plots. And so there is a probably a good likelihood that a few of these books, I'm going to be annoyed solely because I'm going to be like, I don't want real life. <laughs> I just want escapism. Overcome your problems faster. Yes. And let's get to the nitty gritty. However, I am very, very optimistic 
And I have to say that of all the books that we're reading this season, we're starting today with Well Met by Jen DeLuca. Uh, but of all the books that we're reading this season, the one I am currently most looking forward to is Heatstroke. Um, and it is about two dudes who are totally different, who are both sort of, I'll call it moonlighting as summer beach lifeguards. And they're going to fall in love. And I am thrilled. Apparently the sex is fire. And I am, I'm just excited about that one. I'm really, I'm, I am just, I, I am, I am, my interest is peaked. I'm with you. And I am ready. That is towards the end of the season though. That is coming out for 4th of July. So first up we have, of course, the gushy gushiness of Well Met. Before we get into it though, Shawnee, what book are you most excited for this season? Okay, so you know that my favorite genre, I don't care, it's, it crosses genres really, is menage. That is my favorite. So Sated in Ink, yes. I am looking forward to that of course. so much. I mean, why, why one man when you can have two or three? I mean, it's like, can you choose between a strawberry, a blueberry, or a pineapple? Hell no. And I don't want to. I'm not a heathen. No. Okay? No. You make a fruit salad. You, you make, make a, a fruit, fruit salad, salad. And you just and you're the- lap that shit right up. <laughs> you're the dressing. Okay? Let me tell you right now. <laughs> you're the yogurt in the fruit no, I want- salad. <laughs> You're like you're like the skewer, maybe that they've skewered. I don't know. There's a lot of innuendos. There's so many innuendos. We can use skewers. I'm into it. (laughs) Use yogurt. We can use skewers. Everything is juicy. Things are getting very juicy. I mean, sucky. Think about it. When you put all those fruit in a bowl and you start mixing, all the juices start flowing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. So sated. When sated and ink comes, I mean, it better do me right. It just, it just better do me. It's hard to do me wrong in a menage, honestly. After, if you just put such good sex scenes in there, I'm like, was there a plot? I don't know. Well, but sex scene number three, <laughs> that shit was fire. <laughs> all right. Well, if you guys want to check out all the books that we decided to read this season, you can go to romanceataglance.com forward slash upcoming dash books. Or just head to our website and you'll see a giant calendar on the main page where you can scroll through. Uh, If you don't have the books and want to read with us, please click on those links and buy them. We get a teeny tiny commission. Um, You can also buy them through Bookshop, which is a really cool new online bookstore, which supports local bookstores. Um, And, you know, come read with us. Join the season. We have something for everyone this season. I think we should get into it, Johnny. Oh, let's get into it, Bridget. Romance at a glance. Uh-huh. Romance at a glance. What you saying? Romance at a glance. Go ahead, girl. Well, hello, dear listeners, and welcome back to another episode of Romance at a Glance. I am Bridget. As always, joined by my co-host Shani. How are you, Shani? I'm good, Bridget. How you doing, girl? I am doing fabulously well. Today we are talking about Well Met, a contemporary romance where the plot is set in a Renaissance fair. And small town, which I thought was interesting. I've never been to a Renaissance fair. Maybe as a child, I don't know. I don't. Think I, so. I've never been, but I've always, I've always wanted, wanted to, to go, go and be in character when I do it. <laughs> so, so I was actually really excited about the premise of this yeah. because it's one I haven't heard of before. Yeah. It's like yeah. a premise I haven't encountered. So I agree. It was cool. I thought it was going to be super fun. Yeah. Uh, the book basically follows two characters who shocker fall in love um emily is a protagonist and she moves to this really small town to help out her sister who is in a big car accident 
and has a teenage niece and is a single mom. So she moves there to help her. And it actually ends up being perfect timing because her extreme ex of a douchebag boyfriend who kind of convinced her to drop out of college while they were in college together to support him while he went to law school, which she did. And then as soon as he graduated from law school, broke up with her, which is the douchiest. Douchiest. That is the just the douchiest so this had just happened and then her sister got in an accident so it turned out to be kind of a a kismet solution um she needed somewhere to go and her sister needed help yeah and that is where we start our story which just quick sidebar i have a friend who broke up with her dude Uh and they had this very same similar agreement and he's been giving her money even though they've broken up he's been systematically giving her money he's like you held me down while we were doing this thing, that was our agreement. And so I'm going to keep giving you this oh, money. So like reciprocity. Yeah. And he was like, and she was Good like, she was like, I don't want to take his money. I was like, bitch, if you don't take this money right now, he is, he is paying back. It's like he's paying he alimony yeah. kind of. You know what I mean? I was like, take this money, girl. <laughs> also like, that is a real solid thing. Cause that is not the story. I feel like her story is the story you usually hear. Yeah. Not. Like, and then one of them realized, you know what? I did get all this financial support. So they deserve some sort of financial support for me. For a few years to, like, even us out. Yeah. Especially in this case, because he had her drop out of college. So now she doesn't also have her college degree, so the jobs she can get are much more limited. Yes. Which, let me tell you right now, don't ever drop out of college and your goals (laughs) to support somebody else's No, like, you can keep going to college and work nights and weekends and Mm -hmm. still make money. And he can make money while he's in law school. Exactly. I mean, you can have a part-time, even if you go to school part-time, you're like, okay, this might make more sense to go to part time and take a part time job or whatever it is, yeah. but don't give up your your shit for a dude. <laughs> <laughs> so her teenage niece uh, really wants to be in this Renaissance fair, and because she's under sixteen, I believe she has to have an adult do it with her, which I personally think is the best thing that any school can do is like, oh, you have to have your parent do it with you. (laughs) And then you're like, please, 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 please. And then now you've roped in all these adults to help for free too. So way to go. (laughs) So she decides that she's going to do it to help out her niece uh, because her niece is so excited about it. So she goes thinking like, okay, I'll just go. This is going to be dull. This is going to be so lame. And I appreciated that because if someone had tried to rope me into a renaissance fair, I feel like I would be like, this is going to be dorky as fuck. Yeah. Also, I feel like I'd be so hyped internally. And you are so dorky. totally <laughs> buys in by the end, yeah. which was one of my favorite things about this book is that at the beginning, she's like kind of just doing it to help her niece. And by the end, she's like super invested and she's like, oh, we could do this. Oh, we could do this. Oh, I want to make it better. Oh, I want to do it. Like, what about next year? Yeah. What about more Shakespeare's? <laughs> yes. What about Shakespeare? Um, and I, I really liked that. I thought it was very endearing. Yeah. I, li- I mean, I like that premise of it. I like how the setup uh, of it. Um, I liked, uh, I-, I thought like the setup of this book was ripe for so interesting a story i was excited for it yes so then we meet on the first day of uh renaissance fair camp we meet simon who is the english teacher in charge of the whole renaissance fair and he is definitely described as like very uptight very like bookish very (laughs) yeah tight ass um he's like not very nice to her this whole plot was marketed i looked afterwards as a hate to love trope yeah um 
Except for that, I didn't feel like he had a reason to hate her. Yeah. Whereas, like, he was a, being a dick, so she had a reason to hate him, but he didn't have a reason to hate her or miss, you know, ha- hate to love is always, like, a misunderstanding. Yeah. And I don't feel like he had a misunderstanding with her because literally the first, like, from the first thing she says, he's just, like, such a butthead to her. Yeah. And then she's like, oh, my name in the fair is going to be Emma. And he's like, you're not even trying. And I was like, bro, who cares? Who On cares? the list. <laughs> like, back the fuck up. Uh, which eventually we find out it's because his brother, who died of cancer, was the one who founded it, and he died very young, and so he's, like, keeping it in honor of his brother, which is kind of the point where you're like, oh, they can fall in love now, because he has a reason to be a butthead. But I thought that was a really weak reason for him to be mean to her, was, like, the Emma thing. Yeah. So I put douchey for him, because I felt like the way he came off in the beginning was just douchey. He had no reason, yeah. like, and, again, the name thing, I was like... Everybody's changing their names. Picking something close to your name makes sense so that you will answer to it, which is what she said. Um, and I was like, you're taking this really seriously, bro. Like, you know, and you did find out like, okay, his brother had cancer. He was trying to keep it the same for, for him and not. But again, it wasn't enough for me to like really feel that douche level. <laughs> yeah. And he gave her one second to choose her name. So she just like scanned the list and chose. Yeah. Like, had you given her an hour and then she came back and was like, oh, I didn't even look and uh, I guess I'll choose Emma. Then I'm like, okay, fine. Like, that seems pretty shitty. But you, also, you gave her zero minutes. Also, like, Emily would have actually been an acceptable name, I think, I for that know. time. It's like, I went to look it up later because I was like, I feel like Emily is one of those but old I, names. I guess I can see where you want everyone to change their name. Yeah, though, I guess to, like, so. get it, feel like they're in character. That's true. Like that, I get. I did like that, you know, it was so strict that everybody needed to be in character. He's like, I kicked people out because they had cell phones. <laughs> I was like, yo, bro. <laughs> but I like I I like that sort of thing yeah. where everybody has agreed to go full force yeah. into, a, into a world together. Yeah, I agree. You know, so. And I yeah. thought it was like, I really liked how she met Mitch, who's like described as like, I, I imagine him as the Outlander guy. Yeah. I mean, it's how I imagine. Like, he's a brick shit house, super charming, super funny. Kilt. Like, wears a kilt. And I also, I really liked their friendship because I feel like a lot of time, like, I was honestly thinking throughout the first third of this book that it was going to be a love triangle. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, and I'm so glad she didn't. I'm so glad that his arc ended up being like, Oh, but we just wanted you to feel like you're part of the group. That's why we kept inviting you to go out with us and have pizza afterwards. And cause we wanted you to be our friends and we wanted you to, it's a small town. We wanted you to have someone to hang out with. And I was like, yes, people are nice. People, are nice. people don't always want to have sex with you. People don't always want to have a love triangle. <laughs> and like the fact that Simon's the one who misunderstood that. And it's like, Oh, I thought you liked Mitch. And so I'd never have a chance. Yeah. Um, so I was going to be a douche. So I was going to be like a little scared piece of shit. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, I thought that was like so refreshing that they were April and him and Mitch were just wanting to be her friend, which if you move to a small town, I imagine it has to be one of the hardest things. Even moving to a big city for me has been really hard to meet people. Um, but even moving to a small town where everyone's been friends since like kindergarten yeah. and you're trying to kind of like cut oh, into that hey, circle. Like I don't have any of the shared history, but be <laughs> yeah. my friend. Um, I think that was a kind of a nice thing. That was like the coolest thing about the fair. I'm like, maybe I should join a Renaissance fair troupe so that I can make a, a whole bunch of really good friends. I feel like that's another podcast. Like Shawnee and Bridget do stuff. <laughs> um, like, yes, yes. I'm into it. 
That would actually be hilarious. That would be hilarious. (laughs) I mean, I would do it. I feel like you're also that person I could like come up to with like an absurdity and vice versa. Yeah. Like, Bridget, do you want to do this absurd thing that probably nobody else wants to do? Like, yeah. (laughs) You just be like, do you want to? And I'd be like, yeah, sure. (laughs) I prepared an argument, Bridget. (laughs) (laughs) We'll let you speak your argument next time. But my, my thing about this book is that like overall for me it felt very immature mm. um the love story felt really immature to mm-hmm. me and i don't know if it's because i'm and they're supposed to like, be pretty young like she's only supposed to be like 23 and i think he's supposed to be like 25 or 26 so they are supposed to, they're not supposed to be like in their 30s established yeah. like career you know what i mean yeah so i was okay with the lightness i completely agree with you i put that it felt um like heartwarming and and I forget what I put. I put. I had some good adjective. You guys read yeah. the blog; it's there. <laughs> but I agree with you. I felt. I felt like it was light. Yeah, that very light. I was. I was trying to come at it from a different approach, like not with my like kind of overbearing <laughs> criticalness that I yeah. can sometimes come with. And I was like, okay, this is a very light, cute read. I like the setup. I like. I just really enjoyed that it was a story I haven't read before in terms of the setting. And that sort of thing. Um, again, you know, contemporary is not my favorite genre, oh, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so I w- really was trying not to be hard on it. But, like, I I wanted more mature, a, a little bit more maturity from them. Yeah. I think also because, you know, at, like, I'm going through my own life issues. You, you kind of think of those as you're reading the book. So one of the things that drove me crazy throughout the book was that Emily was constantly indirectly communicating. Like, she never stated her needs at any point till the very end till the very end even when she wanted to keep the job she didn't tell the woman she wanted to keep the job emily was always indirectly communicating and so the quote that i picked for for her was uh well how much longer will you need me working here right she wants to keep the job right but she asked how much longer will you need me working here yep and then in her mind she was like why is she being so obtuse would she just fire me already and then she's like she says I'm just trying to plan ahead, that sort of thing. You've already planned for my replacement. Like, this was all in her mind, assumed in her own mind, mm-hmm. right? And instead of just saying, hey, I see that you're going to hire somebody. I would really like this job. She just made up all this stuff in her head. And mm-hmm. that was kind of how the whole book was. Yep. Every conflict was in her own mind. Yep. And every time she ended up stating it towards the end, it was always like, oh, well, no, this is what's really happening cool yeah and, and so tra- that's that was my thing about her it was and and for me it was more less of an indirect communication although now that you say it i'm like oh yeah it is that mine was more like a confidence thing i was like like they established that he had sort of destroyed her confidence in the beginning and that she kind of felt like she wasn't worthy especially since she didn't finish college so she had a lot of this baggage about her own personal worth um, and over the summer, obviously that was being repaired as she was like given more responsibility at the bookstore and they opened this coffee shop and it was doing well. And she was like, took over the bar and like organizing all of that at the Renaissance fair. And, and, um, I did not like the fact that it like kept, like she kept like doubting her own worth constantly. Um, I did really like that when it came to him, she 
like the second he sort of put the fair before her when she was like, I'm, I'm going to manage the bookstore and I'm going to stay and this is great. He wasn't like, I'm super stoked for that. Like we get to bang every night. He was like, but what about the fair? How am I going to do the fair? And she was like, oh no, we have to break up. Yeah. And I liked that she like shut that shit down. <laughs> like there was no like, let's have a conversation. It was just yeah. like, oh, I'm not doing that again. This is over. Yeah. Which that was her redeeming thing for me as like, as a character is that she realized I think because of the bookstore thing and how much she misread that, I feel like that gave her the confidence to realize like, oh, wait, I got to stick up for myself because yeah. I am valued. Like, look at all these people. Like, we're so happy to have me do all this stuff and work with them and grow their business and grow the Renaissance Fair. Like, I am worth it. And I think for me, that was kind of her arc. But I totally agree. I was like, get it together. <laughs> <laughs> well, even like in that moment... I was happy that she put her foot down because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, that's showing that she has confidence. But even in that moment, I really felt like it was there was no communication because she was she was like, okay, I'm gonna be staying, you know, and you know what does that mean for us, you know, like right. whatever. In that moment, when when she tells him, and he's more focused on where the other woman is going, mm-hmm. you know, like if you're taking up a shop, where's she going? And in that moment, she in her own mind, she was like, why is she so concerned about her? Why? Why doesn't he want her? Why? Instead of just saying, like, why is that so concerning Mm. that she's leaving? Mm -hmm. Like, that's a valid question, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know? Sure. And so she just thought that. And then she was like, oh, you're putting the fair before me, and I'm shutting this down. Right. And I just felt like there was a couple questions that could have been asked before the shutdown happened. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I wanted to see more growth in the communication aspect. I gotcha. Of it. Um. But again, I, I I don't know. I didn't have the highest bar for her because I was like, oh, this is just going to be a book of not communicating, like miscommunications and not communicating. Yeah. And sometimes that's... I mean, that is also one of the tropes of this book is yeah. miscommunication. Miscommunication over yeah. and over yeah. and over. And not yeah. it doesn't really feel like the lessons learned because I, I thought at the end when that happened that they were going to have a slight bit more communication because he had been stepping up this whole time he had been reassuring her. I liked very much so that when they had sex, he was like, Hey, look for me, this is not a one night stand. I don't do one night stands. If I'm here with you in this moment, it's because I want more. So he didn't make her have to guess or feel wavery, even though in the very next scene, she's like, I don't know what this was. He told you last night that this was not a one night stand. I agree. (laughs) And immediately she went to, I don't know. Somebody was like, are you guys an item? She's like, I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going to be. I was like, if you don't like <laughs> if you don't get it he together, said he wants you he said he wants you and that he, this was not a one night stand yeah like so it that bothered me yeah. very much so that the next minute she's talking to her girlfriend and telling them that it almost to me puts him in a bad light because that's a friend of hers as well they all know each other at yeah. the end of the day mm-hmm. and you're making this guy look douchey when legit like legitimately he said he he really stepped up there, and yeah. I and I liked that. I yeah. really liked that because he went from douchey to being cool for me. Yeah, in that moment. Let's talk about how he went from douchey to cool. Let's talk douchey about cool. Captain Black. Black cool. Ooh, Black the p- thorn. Oh, my I was God. gonna say horn. Black thorn. <laughs> horn would have been better. Yeah. <laughs> um. So you know, I love, I pirates. love the pirate. I love the swashbuckle. I love the swagger. I thought the way the she makeup. described it. I actually thought. There's a book within this book and yeah. the book of them bantering at the fair. Yeah. Like that for me was like the fun and the sexy times and the 
and obviously like him evolving as a character and like loosening that tie a little like when they're doing the fight training and everyone's yes. sweating and they're all watching and cheering and shouting Hazan. I was like, oh yeah, I could I could get down. Oh, I, I was in it. Oh, I was in it. <laughs> I was in it. And then when they were like, oh, the hand fasting, I oh saw my that God, coming. And he like looked in her eyes and kissed her, and I was like, be still, my little <laughs> quivering heart. <laughs> so cute. I was in it. I was in it. I thought it was super cute. And and like one of the other quotes I picked was in this moment because yeah. it's like a classic overthinking moment, right? Mm-hmm. Which I catch myself doing all the time, which is assessing things that will never happen in real life or make any sort of like, you know what I mean? So like they do the hand fasting and then she says, <laughs> she goes off on this tangent, which is like, um, how will this even hold up next year? Is she going to be the queen? Is everybody buying tickets? And then she's like, it does, this doesn't even matter. And I thought that was one of the realest moments because my brain does that all the time. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's like, well, yeah. how are those curtains? I just actually thought of this because I'm looking at your curtains in the sound of music when she makes the kids clothes yeah, yeah. out of curtains. Yeah. You know, like, that's not enough fabric to make that amount of outfits and, and that thing. And then where's the and my and then my brain's like, where'd you get the thread? Where'd you get, where'd the, she get the needle? Where'd, you know, she got a sewing machine hidden away. She got buttons. She got where buttons? The buttons? buttons. Did she hand sew all of these in a day? Like, and my brain's like, that really doesn't matter. Doesn't you know? Matter. <laughs> yeah, I thought that part was cute too. And she's like, how does this stand up for a day? What are we coming back here next year? And I was like, bitch, like, you're crazy. You're doing too much. This is a fucking <laughs> pretend fair. <laughs> This is not legal. Oh we're we're not in in Ireland or Scotland or wherever. I did like that they had really good quotes during that scene. Like one of the ones I chose for her was, "I didn't choose the wench life. The wench life chose me." <laughs> like I feel like they That's just had. Shirt. We should they, put that on. A yeah, shirt. they just had like such fun banter. Like he's like, "Brace yourself. I'm gonna woo your ass off," and you're like. <laughs> And then, like, she's like, is this wooing? And he's like, no, no, no. This is not wooing. This is the lead up to the wooing. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, he's laying down the woo I'm into it. And, like, how he, like, integrated her into the, the performance and, like, came over to kiss her and was like, you know, give me a kiss for luck. And I thought that was all very charming and fun and interspersed with, obviously, like, her finding out about his brother and them having, like, a little bit of an emotional moment, him finding out about her sister and talking to her about that. I did really like the relationship with her sister because I thought it was kind of interesting. I feel like sisters in books that I typically read are either really, really close or hate each other. Yeah. And I really liked that they just didn't know each other really well because they were so far apart in age. Yeah. And this was kind of the opportunity for them to kind of actually form a relationship and get to know each other, which I actually thought was very well done. I didn't feel like all of a sudden they were perfect friends. Yeah. I thought like there were enough scenes where it sort of like evolved over the summer. Um, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that friendship. I did. I, I, I'm with you on that. Would and she- her sister was excited that she was going to stay and was like, I would. I don't want you to leave. I want you to stay. Which is also like another assumption she made. She's like, I gotta get out of here because I'm wearing out my welcome. I'm like, she's just so injured. Yeah. And you've been taking care of her and her daughter. Yeah. Like, but she didn't know her. I mean, like, she didn't. And know. that's clearly her personality that yeah. she feels like everyone doesn't want her there because yeah. that was her. It's that ex. kind of like um, always feeling like you're a bother. Right. You know, thing. personality. Yeah, personality. Yeah. And and I. Hashtag hate that personality. Like, but it's a struggle for me. It's a struggle. Like for 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 me though. Like, um, I struggle with that. Like, like I always feel like I'm a bother, mm. and so I understand that concept. I have to always kind of remind myself, like, no, I don't. Like, First of all, you're not a bother, and I love you. You can come over anytime you want to. Secondly, I've never felt like that. 
Like, Apparently have the confidence. You got the confidence, man. You got the confidence. But I, even when I, I mean, when I am a bother, people have just told me, hey, you're a bother. But I've never, I don't know. I've always just like invited myself into people's lives. Well, my mom, like my mom told me recently, like, cause I've been just doing like self-work stuff. And she, I, I asked her about this and she told me because, because I was very intuitive as a kid, right? She said that I used to walk up to people, tell them about their life when I was like six or seven. And so people didn't want to be around me because I was just very blunt, very honest. And I would, like as a kid and would just put their business out. You know what I mean? And so I know you said this before, but I do wonder if you are slightly on the spectrum. Oh, I, if I'm not, because <laughs> it's just a very unusual it, trait it, for a child to not like at that age to not have any social awareness about, Oh, I had none. What to say or I, what not to I say. I still don't. I'm just more air on the caution on on the side of just don't talk. Right. It's not necessarily that I'm like, oh, don't say that in this moment. It's more like I'm just not gonna say anything and then I can't fuck it up type of thing. <laughs> Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, and I I find that I'm constantly misunderstood like a lot, you know? Um, people get defensive when I say things. I'm saying something more as a fact, and then they get defensive and I'm like, huh, I think probably I didn't say that in a way that Wait, you didn't give like the and the facial com- expression or the voice to, co- to, to show the compassion behind what I'm trying to say or or deliver understanding or yeah. whatnot. You know, so I I do <laughs> I do always struggle with that. You know, but I asked her that and she said like she's like that's when I saw you pull back mm. because you because you didn't being, know what you were doing wrong probably exactly she's like you're being rejected and you didn't know why and so. She's like, that's when I saw you really pull back into yourself. That was a, there was a shift that happened there. Um, and so that was actually helpful mm-hmm. to hear because even the idea of being rejected, I was like, oh, okay, I do these things out of a fear of being rejected. Mm-hmm. And then having identified that, being able to watch my behavior and then watch if I'm doing something out of rejection. And mm-hmm. I realized that I, I do a lot of behaviors to circumvent the rejection I feel might happen from that. Mm. behavior if that makes yep. sense and so i end up fucking things up doing the mostest right to combat that right so i've had to really stop that yeah <laughs> so it's I, so hard to change patterning it really is but when you can identify the patterning then it becomes so much easier yeah like you just be like girl you're doing too much in this moment mine is mine is i feel like i can just do everything myself which is true which is also the problem is that i can <laughs> But it doesn't mean that I should yeah. or that doing it is good for me yeah. or good for my mental health or physical health or any kind of health. Um, and that is so hard for me to not say like, yeah, I can do that. When someone asks for me for help or when I need help, asking for it or yeah. asking. Like the other day when I was talking to my sister about helping us a little bit on the back end with this podcast, I was like, oh, I can just design this stuff for this, whatever we need for Facebook. And I was like, no, you First of all, you could, I guess, but why would you, Shawnee, so much better at it? It's going to take her one minute to do something. It's going to take you an hour to do. And, like, that's the divide of this uh, partnership that we've come up with. What are you doing? Yeah, so I totally get it. I get it. It's really tough. But it's nice to know what your patterning is so that then you can reel back in the spiral and be like, take a deep breath. That's you down an old path. Oh. Let's try a new one. <laughs> this is new bridge. Let's try a healthy one. Let's try a healthy mental bath. That's why it's like when you were talking about that earlier, it's like, yes, I can. Is this the best use of my time? Uh, you know what I mean? Yep. Like even uh, Brendan, um, 
like one of the things for music is like we don't ever put out lyric videos, but everybody's like, you should put out lyric videos. So Brendan's like, you know what? I'm going to learn how to make a, a lyric video. And I was like, you could do that or we could pay somebody $50 on Fiverr. Yeah. <laughs> and you can be the engineer, <laughs> the fucking Grammy award winning engineer that you are. Right. And we can work on more music. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. I was like, we make enough money that we can spend $50 on yes. someone to make a video for us. Like so hard to think about. Yeah, you can, it's, especially when you didn't used to have money to pay someone. Yes, and you had to do everything yourself and figure it out. And like now, I'm in a place where like I can not spend like I would love to hire like ten people to do all this <laughs> stuff for me, so I can just churn out ideas with yes. you, and then everyone can implement them. But I'm not quite there. But I easily have money to pay someone to do like let's say ten hours of stuff a week. Yeah, or five to ten hours. You know. Or Fiverr to do whatever, make our little chippies or do all these other things. So hard mentally to be like, not like hoarding that money. Like, yeah. what if I don't have that money? I'll be poor. No, I won't. I'll be poor. <laughs> that doesn't make I'll any sense. I'll be hungry. I'll be hungry. I'll be so hungry. <laughs> Please, ma'am, I, I have some be, more. I could be hungry for a few months. You know what I mean? Like, I'll still be alive. So, yeah, I get it. Yeah. That's a tough one. That's a tough mental shift. It is. So, so I, was- I feel like that is her mental shift. Yeah. Like, and that's why it, it bothered me. I definitely took a star off for it, but I also understood it. And I did feel like she evolved, maybe not in the communication sense that you're saying, but I did feel like by the end, she like stood up for what she wanted. And then the next year at the Renaissance fair, like she also had like implement, like she clearly over the course of the year, we didn't get to follow. See, she clearly was like, sticking up for herself in the sense that she actually implemented changes in how the festival was run and made it run better and made them more money. And, and so I saw that she had evolved and become more assertive, more and assertive and confident. Yeah. So like for me, I took off a star again because I was like, <laughs> please get it together, get it together. But also I do understand it is a process. It's like in books, we like it to be really fast. Yeah. But it was, I mean, this whole book took place over the course of two months. Uh-huh. So I felt like she evolved quite a bit in two months. As, as crazy as it sounds and as annoying as I found her at some points, um, I've met this person in real life. Oh, yes. Do you know what I mean? Like 100%. So it's not like unrealistic. It is not unrealistic. <laughs> One, in fact, lives in my home. And it is not unrealistic. And it is... You're just like, what are you smoking? What are you doing? What crack pipe did you come up with on your way to this conversation? Because we are not in the same planet. And also, and, I, you know what I find really hard? It's easier because obviously we're reading. So we get to read her internal thoughts. So we know yeah. what she's thinking. Yeah. So again, for me, that was a little easier because I'm like, oh, I know what she's thinking. And, while and I think, how it got spun. And how it got spun. And, you know, she's clearly spiraling and I get it. But it's so much harder when you're dealing with someone in real life because you don't know what they're internally thinking. So when they say something, you're like, what? We didn't talk about that. What are you smoking? Like, but you can't really say to someone like, I have said to people, what are you smoking? But that doesn't usually go over super, super well with, with this type of personality. You know what I mean? It's like when someone someone said that to me, I'd be like, you're right. I was out of control. So that's a good thing to say to me because I, my feelings don't get that hurt about stuff like that. And then I'm like, Oh, was I crazy? Oh, I was okay. You're right. But yeah, sometimes I'm like, where's the leap in logic? Where's the leap? What are you doing in your brain? You know what I did? I don't know why this just popped in my mind, but I love in this book how much everyone ogles Mitch in the kill. <laughs> because that's 100% what I'd be doing. And they like ogle him behind his back. They ogle him to his face. Yep. Like 
the people who come to the fair ogle him. The people who are his friends from kindergarten ogle him. And like, people are like, hey, just wait. Just wait for Mitch. Just wait for Mitch. <laughs> just wait for Mitch to come. Like, I, I love that he embraces it and he, like, like flexes and he really, like, plays into it. Did you have a very, very, very clear image of Mitch? Yes. <laughs> yes, I did. And it was glorious. And I, I feel like I didn't. Like, I have been around men in kilts in my time. <gasps> like, real ones who owned their real kilts yeah. who are wearing them. It's a sight to behold. Do you know who I like? Uh, I don't know why, because it's like you're just wearing a skirt, essentially. <laughs> but I think it's like, the first bu- of all, it's like the, 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 the confidence, the it's confidence. the swagger, yeah. it's the like, it's the tradition of it's it. It's the no underwear. It's the idea of like, yeah, what's under the kilt? <laughs> and in his case, it was bike shorts, but it could have been naked. We don't know. I mean, to, if you want to be true fight, to history, when it they're fighting been naked. and he like flips them over his back, I was like, everybody's yes. sweating. You know, they're sweating. It's hot. So good. Summertime. Mm. I love sweat. Everybody's hair's oh, growing yeah. out. Mm. I also really like, I know we talked briefly about the hand fasting, but I do want to say that I really liked the second hand fasting because as we've spoken about before, if there's going to be some sort of um, grand gesture, I need to be grand, not only in grandness, but also like appropriate to the story and really showing that character that you get them. So she was upset that he was choosing the fair over her. So his grand gesture is that he didn't dress up on the last day of the fair and that he actually came in regular clothes, abandoned his character for her, which is a clear indication that he is choosing her. Had he just done the hand fasting in character with her again, I would have been like, nah, nah. that's not a grand gesture. Yeah. We already did that. But because he came in his real clothes as himself to do it with her as a real her, not just her character, I was like, oh, this is the grand gesture. And all the feels of the hand fastness are happening. And he's like, let's stay for a year and a day and then see what happens. And then the next year he's like, let's get married forever. <laughs> and I liked it. <laughs> I mean, agreed. <laughs> agreed to all that you said. <laughs> and the only, my only thing was, when they were getting married a year later, I, in my mind, I was like, I hope that communication has gotten better. <laughs> you also, you know what's funny is that you also were listening to this on audiobook. Yes. And I also wonder if that's part of the reason why it was annoying you so much. Like if you had been reading it, I wonder if it would have hit you the same way hearing Viscerally. it did. Yeah. Yeah. I'm actually. Kind of interesting. I'm actually interested. You, As you know, I can't read books anymore. Right. Oh. <laughs> Dear listeners, I tried to read a book and realized that I've been listening to audiobooks for so long that my brain could not process the line following in reading a book. Yeah. Shawnee goes, um, we can't do any more books that don't, don't have audiobooks. It's <laughs> like, what happens if we want to read one that has no audiobook? She's like, I don't know. Maybe you'll just do a special episode by yourself or something. <laughs> it's not even like a thing where it's like, oh, I just slightly can't do it. My eyes won't track and I can't keep the lines in yeah. order. So, like, I've always read with one eye anyway like <laughs> close one eye yeah i didn't know this until i was an adult i i finally got really mad at like my optometrist i was like look there's something wrong i read and I close one eye whenever i need to focus and so and i was like I-, I tell this to every optometrist and nobody can figure out like nobody tries to figure it out right so she actually brought out this old looking instrument it looked like it was from like the 1700s uh-huh. okay and she she looked at my eye she's like oh you have a lazy eye and i was like what <laughs> Which one is it? It's the left this, one. It's uh, the right this, one. This is the good one. The right one is the lazy one. And I was like, can't what? Even, dear listeners, you can't even tell. I mean, and, she's looking at me with two eyes. Yeah. She doesn't look like she has a lazy and eye. And she said that, she was like, because it is not so obvious that you have a lazy eye, nobody's picked it up. Mm. So it's just 
it's just slightly lazy. And so that's why, like, I have vision blur, especially when I wear contacts. It Everything ha- becomes slightly doubled oh. or whatever. And nobody... Fascinating. <laughs> nobody's what do you do for that? that? You wear, like, a patch on one eye to help... <laughs> <laughs> you become a pirate. I become a pirate. You know, I love pirates. But uh-huh. When he was a pirate, when he came out as a pirate, I was like, oh my God. I know. Yes. When she was talking about the end of the summer and she's like, will I lose the pirate? And I was like, <laughs> oh, that would be so sad. So sad. So sad. Scruff is gone. Shaggy hair is gone. Saturday. Swagger. Exactly. I like that at the end they talked about how he was like a blend of the two. Like yeah. now he had sort of loosened up and, and let the fun into his life again. And, um, it was, it was. Kept the earring, kept I mean, the shaggy hair a little bit. In my historical romance, which is the genre that I love, mm-hmm. pirates are like number one. We got to read one. We haven't read a pirate one I yet. know. Can we just like skip the list and throw We have a lot of books on the list. I know. Because everybody has good ones. When we were like, oh, give us your favorite books. It was yeah. like, it was like a, it's a lot of. It's never too many. We'll keep reading. It's never too many. But I'm, I'm a little bit kind of like, because we picked Gentleman's Center just off of Audible randomly. Yeah. And we got a terrible book. Yeah. Um. But it's kind of cool to ask people what their favorite book is because then you kind of have more of a chance of reading good ones. Constantly good. I have to say, while I did not like that book, I did enjoy reviewing it. I did. The reading of it was a fucking struggle bus, but the talking about it was really fun. Such a struggle. (laughs) Such a struggle. If you guys haven't got that episode, you really should. It's a little bit shorter than other ones. I think it's only like 45 minutes or something like that, but... Uh, I, it's basically me talking this fast about how much I hate that book and Shawnee <laughs> chiming in being like, right? And me being like, and then this happened. That's some bullshit. <laughs> is basically what happened. <laughs> it was not a great book. Let's talk about this book. Okay. Uh, what did you feel like? I know you've spoken about the heroine quite at length. Yes. So I'm guessing that you gave her three stars. I did. All right. I did. Okay. I wanted. I actually wanted to give her two, but then I thought I might be being That's a, little a little too harsh. That's harsh. So I gave her three. Okay. I gave her four because, as I said... I docked one point for the issue that we've already discussed yeah. at length. What about our hero? Yeah. So uh, so our hero, um, so I found him a bit douchey in the beginning, but mm-hmm. he did get redemption when he became a pirate. I was like, oh, man, it's really hard to come back from douchey, but y'all have done it for me. Yes. So I gave him a three as well. I gave um, him a three stars in real life because he was way harsh at the beginning. Uh, and then I gave him four stars as pirate. <laughs> 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 I mean, as a pirate, he could do no wrong for me. <laughs> but like, I the the reason I gave him a three, right, was because I thought that um, even though he was douchey, I really like that he set his clear boundaries as to what he was doing. And I also thought that his character recognized her triggers when she was saying like, "Oh, well, this happened to me in the past. This happened to me in the past." You could see him altering the way he moved around her mm-hmm. to make sure that he wasn't hitting these triggers for her and that she felt safe and that he was always telling her what his intentions were. So that redeemed him for me. Yeah, I agree. Like, 100%. Mm-hmm. Was he a McDreamy or a McSteamy for you? Well, a little bit of both bridges, I'm saying. Like, he was a McDreamy, you mm-hmm. know, by day, you know, yeah. but he was a McSteamy by night. Yes. <laughs> I said he was a McDreamy with a McSteamy pirate yeah. center. Mm-hmm. Get that pirate in the middle. Like a chocolate and melty. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Also, I like their sex scene. I did too. I thought it was not only realistic, which mm-hmm. sometimes I think is important, but also I felt like they had some heat. They had mm-hmm. some sexy times. I liked that it started on the counter with yep. the kissing and then the move to the bedroom. Uh, I liked what you said about him like reassuring her that this wasn't a one night thing, that he was in it for the long term. I was into it. Yeah. I was into it. And 
Like I measure, I feel like I measure all sex scenes by this. If there's going to be a condom involved, I like when they insert that in a sexy way. Yes. And so I like that there was a moment where he like, you know, reached over for, over for the drawer. And then they talk about how she was started in that moment. She was like kissing his neck. She, yeah. you, heard, you heard the rapper and then it yeah. kept going. That's it. And that's it. So yeah. you knew that they used the condom, yeah. but it, they kept it sexy. Yeah. Which I felt like was solid. Yes. Was like, thank you. And then they didn't like bring it up every other, yeah. like every this five seconds. This prophylactic, yeah. like that other book. <laughs> and then you was a prophylactic. And I'm like, why? Yeah. That is the least sexy way you can it's describe the worst word. <laughs> you could just say he reached into the drawer and you're like, we know what he's we know reaching what he's for. Reaching it's for. not like he's reaching for a dildo to stick up her ass or something like that. Like, exactly. that's a different kind of book. Like, we know he just has a condom in there. Also, side note, I just had a baby. And now I can have sex again. And I Ooh. reached into my side drawer and we haven't used condoms in so long. They're all expired. <laughs> Mission so the, fail. So that should 100% be in a future book where they reach it and they're like, motherfucker, this is, these expired condoms. <laughs> it was really distressing, especially since I had said like before I had the baby, I was like, I bet you all the comments we ever expired because we knew we were gonna have <laughs> we knew we were gonna have a gap between when I could have sex again and the vasectomy where uh, we would need to use condoms because yeah. I ain't trying to have no more babies. And I was like, I bet you they're all expired. And we were both like, No, they're probably fine. Leah's like, I think they last for like five years. And we didn't think about the fact that we've been together for five years. Yeah. And we've been using other forms of birth control and or trying to actively have children, or I was pregnant, so you can't get pregnant again. For the whole five years, basically. So we only used condoms for, like, the first week. Or not the first week, but, like, yes. basically, like, the first, like, two months of our relationship. Yeah. Until we both were like, oh, here are my test results. Hey, 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 hey we're hey. on other forms of birth control. Let's fuck. Yeah. And, yeah, and they're all expired. So I had to go to Walgreens. And I'm like, I always bring my two-month-old wherever I go. So I'm going to be, like, carrying my two-month-old, like, I need these condoms. I need these condoms. So I'm not trying to have another one. Well. <laughs> but I do want to have sex still. <laughs> So this is where I am in my life. But that's hilarious. they were having very vanilla sex. Yeah. I said this book is really cute and about the feels. And the sex is about the feels, too. Yes. It was very sexy it at was. the same time. But it was it was definitely like, it was definitely not like fucking. It was definitely like making love. Making love. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I said it was it was vanilla. But, but um, I did find it to be like. Steamy. It was, was steamy. Like, yeah, it was, it was good. Steamy. It was enough for me. It was a nice build up too. Yeah. Like I felt like they had like all the kissing at the fair and he was like swashbuckling and flirting with her. Mm-hmm. And she was getting, she kept talking about how she was getting all hot and bothered and rubbing her legs together. And I was like, they're gonna get it. <laughs> I like that she like went to his house too. Yeah. Because that was like a moment where I felt like she was being very bold and, and sort of proactive in her life. There wasn't there wasn't that many moments I felt like so I think it was good. It's a good moment. Yeah, it was a good. And moment. I feel like he appropriately rewarded her boldness. Yeah, with the nookie. With the nookie. So so okay, so do you feel like uh this book was worth the read? Yes. I think so. Especially if you like contemporary romance. I think first of all, I think it was very fast-paced. Mm-hmm. I thought the writing style was fun and like quick and and moved along for me. There weren't any parts of the book where I was like get to the action. I felt like they flipped from like her at the bookstore and with her sister to the Renaissance and back, I felt like it was moving. Yeah. I liked the side characters. I thought they were all very charming. I liked the plot. I thought it was like a fun, the Renaissance fair was a great setting. I love the swashbuckling pirate. I thought she got a little repetitive with her sort of internal monologue, um, especially in kind of like the middle third of the book. Yeah. But um, aside from that, I think it was totally enjoyable. I would recommend it. Nice. I'm like in the, on the middle of the fence, right? So like, 
one, I actually thought all the other characters were way more interesting yeah, than, <laughs> than our main characters or whatever. And they made the book for me. Uh-huh. Also, I got a little bit of that in my historical fix yeah. from the Renaissance Fair, which I thought was fun. So I was like, oh, it's a like the best of both worlds in here. So I did. I do feel like if you like contemporary romance, that this is worth the read. If I were like to know what this book was about, I would never read it again. Like, if I knew what it was about before Mm -hmm. I read it, I wouldn't pick it up Mm -hmm. or whatever. However, having read it and, like, knowing that people like this kind of thing, I would (laughs) would say, like, I will recommend it. I think at the end of the day, I will recommend it. Well, if you like this book or you like contemporary romances, a couple that we recommend would be Wallbanger by Alice Clayton, The Bromance Book Club by Alyssa K. Adams, and How to Hack a Heartbreak by our friend Kristen Rockaway, a local SoCal author who mm-hmm. is a very funny. Um, check those out if you if you like contemporary romance. If you liked this book, I think you'd like those books. Uh, we'll have links to them on our website. We get a very small commish from the old Amazon or other booksellers that we use if you buy it through us. So if you're planning to buy it anyways, you may as well give us a few coins. I mean, help us out towards the podcast. Okay. Uh, follow us on Instagram. Come along for the journey. If you have comments about these books, that is the place to drop them. Let us know what you think. Please, we love a good discussion. <laughs> we do. We and- read everything. <laughs> And we love to talk about this stuff, as you can maybe tell. Uh, also, if someone's whispered uh, anything weird in your ear, let us know what they've said. We're always always interested in what people are sexually saying to you in your dirty talk. Oh, that's true. Mm, that's a good one. That's a good one, Bridge. <laughs> Until then, may your books be your lover. And your hand your best friend. See you next time. Woohoo! Thanks for hanging in with those romance readers. Head over to Instagram to continue chatting with us. We're super friendly. We want to cackle with you. We want to know what your favorite sex scene was. And we need more book recommendations. If you want to read along with us, go to our website, romanceataglance.com, to see what we're reading next. And we'll see you next podcast.